0: On this episode of Quantum Week, May 18th through 24th, 1997. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are in May 1997 because it is my birth. Well, it's like my, my special week, basically. Right, you pick it's a my series. birthday week. I get to pick it. Right. So uh, Matt's birthday? September 29th. So next Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um buy any find a great nah, gift i'm not no, gonna get you, any. you to. uh I, I give you the gift of doing this show with you well yeah that's, that's a <laughs> appropriate reaction uh but no so i got to pick this week and you picked it not for the movie but for the for the music yeah because this is the week that okay computer comes out
0: um OK which is by radiohead by radiohead which is my favorite album best album that's ever been written that's your favorite album is my favorite album is radiohead your favorite band yes okay so your favorite album my favorite band so that's pretty it's
1: perfect deal yeah for you. Perfect so for but uh obviously we do have we do have a movie as well yep. on the show and um so the movies this week are uh, uh Fifth, Fifth Element, Element and then uh on Saturday show we're doing Austin Powers. Right. The original one. Yep. Um but today it's Fifth Element. Um so wanna get into Fifth Element? Yeah, and I like the Fifth Element actually. Yeah, this movie's this movie kind of sucks, dude. No, it doesn't. So yeah, uh it does. In fact, it's, if you... <laughs> it's for it's for children, it's for teenage it's written by it's written by a teenage boy. It was, yeah. And it's for teenage
0: boys. Yeah, Lupuson started uh the director started writing this film when he was sixteen years yeah, old. Yeah, and it shows. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of comic elements to it and you can that see don't the don't work. into it. Well, it's, are you actually, you're, so you, you really do feel this way about this. I really, so I used to like this movie
1: when I was a teenage boy. Yeah. yeah. I thought this movie was good. So I actually went in this movie with excited to watch it again. Yeah, me too. I, this feels like a Kevin Smith movie to me where I liked it when I was a teenager and I watch it now and I'm just like, this sucks. In fact, this is worse than a Kevin Smith movie because this doesn't work on any level. The only level this movie works at is uh, visually. Visually it's it's
0: it's, stunning. Yeah. It's really, there are
1: times when it's, yeah, it's, it's very good. The rest of this movie is so it, it's the characters are so poorly drawn out the comedy is so ineffective
0: that even the score is terrible the score is not good The movie is not good at all but unfortunately, the score is the sign of the, uh, sign of the times though is you got like nineties sorta uh, '90s music you got like I just don't 90s. like how
1: they like when anything something funny is going to happen, then they amp up this like, a wacky comedy and I know this movie is was actually really intended for French audiences yeah so. I don't know if that's part of it where we're kind of there's a disconnect there between what we expect from American film right. and his an American audience than what they expect from a French audience where maybe they like to have that comedy More kind of, of telegraphed. Those, right, yeah. But it does not work for, for me. This movie is not good. This movie, it was so... This is one of the most disappointing rewatches
0: I've had in my life. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed. I, so there, the problems for me, there are... So, the movie's too long. It's two hours yep. long. or two hours plus. Two seven. It, shouldn't be yep. like this should be an hour and a half movie and if they did it and could tighten it up even if there wasn't a lot of character development it wouldn't necessarily matter because it's just fun to watch to me for me but you gotta uh, explain why how, why is this good i think because it's visually stunning okay i actually probably the i would say that some of the comedic things that you hate actually like so the chris tucker i hate but i like him in this film i like i like how they they portrayed his character in this film i like how he did you think it's funny so you're are you laughing when you're watching this are you like <laughs> no i'm amused i, I it's, it's, it's like a smirk yeah it's rare for me to laugh out loud at, yeah, uh, yeah anything in a film but uh but but this is yeah i find him interesting i also like mila Jovovich a lot i love the way that she played that character oh, i thought she was terrible i think she's great yeah i mean there's just a lot of sensitivity with without a lot of language you could see right. very expressive in her face i thought she was great i thought yeah. she I, I didn't think she's as bad as people say
1: but she just doesn't work for me at Wait, all. In what, like in what way? It's, I mean, she looks phenomenal. Vacant. She looks phenomenal. She's vacant. I also have a real issue with the romances movie. Why does Bruce Willis's character love her? He's in fact, cause she's the perfect woman. I mean, that's part of it. I think but perfect. What was the perfect matter? Obviously besides her looks. Yeah. Take that away for a second. He says he loves her. He has, you know, you mean she, at the end of the film, well, yes. at that point, uh, does he see her
0: fight at all? Uh, like, I don't think so. Yeah, that might not have happened because that would have that would have made it a little bit easier. He sees her learn a language in yes. like fifteen minutes, right? So knows that she's brilliant. Um, and then if he would have seen her fight, I think that would have been that would have been sort of like the icing on the cake of her being real. So badass. he
1: wants to also fuck Bruce Lee. I don't see why fighting has anything to do with that Well,
0: no, because she's she's sensitive, kind, emotional, very very smart, and physically very attractive, and also a badass like fucking lethal bitch. She learns
1: these languages so quickly. And you keep saying she's smart. Yeah. Okay, great. She does not exhibit any intelligence. In what way? Uh, she can't, she doesn't, there's, no, there's nothing, I don't. She's like s- learning, like for, as a child learns. And like, right, in a, That's, like a half hour. I totally agree. She's learning like a child. This is fucked up. Bruce Willis oh, loves her and she acts like a child.
0: Well, and now that gets to the problem with Luke Basson, of course. Yes. Because you have the professional, but you also have his real life situation which what do you want to talk about that now because yeah. this, this is really fucked up yeah and th- th- yeah, yeah this is this and it I, I
1: think honestly it's very uh if
0: i okay if i would have thought about i didn't know this until today but if i knew this today before i watched this film it would have made the film less enjoyable
1: yeah, he got he got kind of sucked up in a lot of the
0: me too stuff and rightfully so so yes. he married um i think it's male when is her name Labesco? Lebe- this, this was after Maywin? he married Mila Jovovich, right? No, no, no. This is before. Okay. He met uh, Milowin Labesco. She was a she was a child actor when he's twenty nine and she's twelve. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. He starts dating her when she's fifteen. I mean, that we know about. Who knows? So he's like thirty two and in, she's fifteen. Or he impregnates her when she's sixteen years old, and they're married and they have a relationship until she's twenty, and then leaves her for Mila Jovovich. And Maywin, um, I'm probably butchering her name, but you know her, she's the blue alien in this film. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. so she's on this film with Mila Jovovich and like watching this thing happen as a 20-year-old girl who he's been in a relationship with for five years. Oh my gosh. Leaves her for uh, uh, Mila Jovovich, they're together for two years and then they, uh, they split. But but that is a huge problem. Like him as, you know, a middle-aged, no, a 30-year-old man like lusting after a 12-year-old, that, that's like, that's fucking gross. Um, tangentially, that's not the word. I don't know, whatever. Parallelly, Okay. Um, Mellon's badass. She, not only has she been an actress forever, um, a uh, writer, director, she won a prize at cons oh. as a fucking director and stand-up comedian. Like, this woman is fucking badass. And she
1: actually yeah, does. I didn't know she was the...
0: She does yeah, a yeah. nice job in this. She does a great job. It's, beautifully, yeah. it's beautifully
1: shot. It's, yeah. Uh, and... Are. um. Her role is kind of, it becomes ridiculous where she has these stones inside of her, which is completely stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you get but it? But her, her just like kind of just yep. seeing that solo. Yep. Um, she's, it's very, her facial expressions are very, very good. awesome yeah, yeah. I was, I was, uh, that's one of the scenes I actually took away from a positive
0: from this movie. But when you think about all that, and mm-hmm. and so she said that the professional was was based on her relationship with, with, uh, with yeah, the I guess the movie, timeline, really makes sense. Exactly. Um, and then you, so you think about that and the professional, which I love the professional, honestly, I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't seen it in a while. So maybe I didn't want be there, but that was, that was his best work. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but that, and then into right Bruce Willis's relationship with, uh, with Leelu, it starts to get really fucked up. I yeah. saw this
1: movie when I was, uh, I guess, uh, 17, 18, I think yeah. I even had maybe the VHS. I didn't have the DVD. So 17, 18. Um, and I liked it, but you know what? Honestly, 78 year old Chris would not have seen how fucked no, up this is. No. that he's with this basically a child. Yeah, I agree. felt the whole time, and she acts like a child. She speaks very softly. She, um, she gets frightened by. She, she just seems very child. It's very weird. And it, at the end of the movie, um, she says, "He says I care about you. I need. I said I need you." And she says, "Why?" I said the same thing. I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. And then the Ian Holm character was tell her, tell her. And he's like, I love you. And I was yeah. just like,
0: and I'm like, why? Yeah, it's hard. Like, I think it's hard in any film to get from like just meaning to love by the end of the film. I think that's a I hard don't know. thing to do. A lot of films pull it off. But she's bad. She crashed through the fucking ceiling of his cabin, survived. Like, that's right. got to tell you something. Like this. Yeah, is... I
1: guess. I don't know if that means love, though. Like, yeah, that's the know. case in like, John C. Dan well, or you, something. I mean, what
0: but, are we doing? But then you also believe that that she is there to save the fucking universe. You also believe that. Like he has to believe that by by this time of sure. the film, like he yeah. accepts that. So if he accepts that this woman who's stunning, who survived a fall through the ceiling of his cab, and is sent here to protect life, I can I can see why love would exist. I don't know how they did a great job showing that. think they did
1: like like an, one of the worst jobs I've ever seen in film. Yeah, of showing it. I think I. I it was so bizarre to me. And, you know, they have nothing. I know, whatever. I get it, she's an alien. There's no, so nothing in common. No. They have nothing to talk about. I get that she's hot. Great. But he's, like, way older than her, I guess. Emotionally. But uh, by the time, yeah. Right. I mean,
0: like, what do we, this is, just, it was just really
1: weird and creepy to watch.
0: I can see that. And it. it uh, but then also, she's a weapon. And he can understand that, too, because he was in the, he was in the service as right. well. I mean, I, I I see some connection points there. But you're right. It's not. They don't do a great. It's not the best directing job. It's not. It's not the best writing job. And it's not the best writing job. When I say not the
1: best, I mean it's really bad. Yeah. Um, the other things too that don't make sense to me in this movie. Uh, so there is that. Um, uh, so Bruce Willis is a major, but there's a, that those other army guys that he kind of answers to. Yes. And then he kill that one guy. Gets killed. It feels like three times that he keeps popping up. He gets a uh, Mila Jovovich kind of like punches through his stomach, which
0: I thought killed oh, him. Oh no no no! Just punched him in the balls. I thought. Okay, fine. Yeah. But then he gets stuck in a freezer yeah that was cartoonish but he's alive and
1: then he's alive yeah that doesn't
0: they didn't kill uh, they 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 made that clear that he wasn't dead in that scene made it clear how well he was blue and frosted but it was didn't move. but it was a joke well uh it's just because their interaction like bruce was talking to him like he was still but there he,
1: he could have been i guess and then he also puts him back in the freezer how does he get out of there it, it's just yeah. it's just so idiotic it's cartoonish This movie's really yeah it's right this movie's like a cartoon this is why i hate cartoons i get it it the you have things that don't make any sense. that are just erased away. Yep. And then you have things that maybe visually are pleasing, but then there's nothing, there's nothing else there. So no depth, it's just, it's just there. And you're supposed to look at it, enjoy it, and then just walk away brainless.
0: Yeah. I also think Goldman's good in this film. Uh, Oldman, sorry, Gary Oldman's good. Gary, I think Gary Oldman's uh, not good in this movie. I think he's good in this film. I love Gary he Oldman. He's one of my favorites. Seen,
1: he seems to just be fucking around. Well, I know that he, he didn't want to take this role. And
0: he was sort of like cajoled into it. Yes. Yeah
1: and he, it feels that way. He he does not feel like I think he's, he's fun. I think he's good. <laughs> that accent, I like his accent. I feel like the like accent, is accent. Like, <laughs> he's like trolling us. He's like trolling the movie. He's like I don't want to fucking do this. I'm gonna fucking have this shitty accent. I'm just gonna fuck around and not care. And that's what it felt like. <laughs> Didn't feel like that to me, but, but honestly, if I got that script, I don't know how you do. Like he's like he, well, it made no He'll sense. He'll stop like, what he's
0: doing. he tell a joke. and like, go back to what he's doing. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And why, like, so why are you supporting um, anti-life? Why are you supporting this evil if that means it's going to be your undoing as well? Like, right. what could you have possibly gained from that situation? You're an industrious. You want to make mo- Industrialist. You want to make money. You're not going to make any money when there's no one left, including you. Like, the, the universe is a barren, cold thing. So, I don't know what, I, I didn't understand, like, that pursuit were you meant, I-, I mentally checked out this movie like a bunch of times. Did you? I didn't, uh, no, cause I, and I usually don't do that honestly. I think, honestly. It, I think I it's just, fun. I just thought it was fun. I saw nothing
1: fun about this. Yeah. This was, this was a, this was a, this was really tough to get through. I I. I don't know if in my bottom five I have to look, only because the visual element of it. Yeah. And I always do try to credit creativity. Like if you'd go out there and make a wildly, totally creative. a wildly creative yeah. film, if it doesn't, land i usually give you some points for trying because you're not taking an ip you're doing something creative i I gotta give gotta give him some points to that but man oh man this is really trying it for me on that end because this movie is really dumb yeah and it's really uh, obnoxious to like a child like a teenage boy yeah dumb obnoxious uh
0: lusting with no nothing else behind it this movie i'm shocked you like this this is not a movie for adults i think it's fun that's what i would say it definitely is entertaining to me well okay what, what? I don't know if we can unpack it more than that. I think visually it's entertaining. What, what, what? I like the pace of the film for the most part. Oh, like, it's too long. It's besides the too long, but like during the action sequences and when there is action, when there is when there are things happening, I enjoy it. I like the cab scene. I like uh, I like the visuals of um, that cruise liner in space around that planet, flossed in paradise. I actually like. I said I like I like Tucker how he is narrating. I think it's so bizarre that that his character being a radio personality, like that's what it would look like. I find that so interesting. It's like not some guy in a studio. It's a guy walking around having a life, but broadcasting that way is like such an interesting concept for me.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I don't hate the Chris Tucker thing as much as a lot, or some people hate. I would think you like, he would. Hey. I thought he would have
0: like destroyed him, but I, I, almost, I don't like him. I think he's good. I this. felt
1: like he was doing a Prince impression. He is a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I felt th- like he was doing if Prince was in the situation. This is what he would do.
0: I know he wasn't a musician. He was a DJ. But yeah, I felt like it was that. Very yeah, um, narcissistic in that way. But he sort. But he has like a mo- like he changes too after this whole experience, it changes. He, he does like he, he, like he tries to be, he tries to be dominant with, uh, with Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis, like backs him down pretty quickly. And, and like, he sort of recognizes, I think he's sort of, he gains perspective in this a little bit with Tucker. Tucker does. Okay. Whatever.
1: So uh, the fun level, you say, this, you say this is fun. so what do you compare this to from a fun level? Is anything something else we've seen or something else we've covered? Is there another comparable movie from a fun perspective?
0: Oh, the other part is, this is like, it's a sci-fi for me. Like this, that, that, that's a, that's, that's my genre. Like I love sci-fi stuff. So space and aliens and cool costumes and future shit. Like that's, that's going to always, going to always check some boxes for me. I don't know. I, what's another film that's?
1: Uh, that's what we've seen that like you thought was fun that you would compare this to. Uh, I don't know. Or another film maybe
0: you've seen that is fun. Oh, like, this is kind of. It has elements of Brazil to me too. I love Brazil a lot more. That's a beautiful film and great film in many ways. It's like, this but it it's yeah. kind of has that that feeling to it.
1: This is like if you took Brazil and just like took out the brain. And to punch in the face three times. You know this is my episode, right? Are you gonna really do this to well, me. No, I'm not. I'm gonna do it the, this movie's this movie. sucks.
0: I, I, no, honestly, I, I understand. I I'll, get why a you. A lot of it is. I get
1: it. Also, a lot of it is. I'm kind of annoyed at myself. Why? Um, because, because you
0: did like it. Because I did like yes, it, yeah. and I
1: feel like I think I've even. I think we've even talked in the Bruce Willis episode a few other times. I, I don't really advocate this movie, but I I've, I've definitely spoke highly of this film when I shouldn't have because this movie sucks. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just a little bit like. I it's, I, did, I did a little introspection. Life and I was like, man, like so. If I enjoyed this when I was eighteen, what does that say about me when I was eighteen? A little bit. I
0: was like, Ugh, that's- well, less mature than you are now, with less less life yeah, experiences. I, yeah. I guess, yeah. So it, there is some nostalgia to that too to me too. Like, right, as a as a younger person, I I you know I thought this film was fun. This gave me, you know, what this gave me this can be anti nostalgia. It did. You like yeah, hated yourself I, I, you to be like, like, I was like, uh, uh, I'm
1: against what I well, I'm against the past. You know, that's a bit.
0: hard. I think you got to give. I think you have to look back at your youth um, w- more forgiving than that.
1: I look back. I, I just think I look at the, how I perceive things, especially when you're 17 or 18. Uh, you know, you, you think, you think you know everything, you know? Sure. And then when you're 40 and you look back at the shit, you're like, when you're 17 or 18.
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of,
1: kind of a, kind of a, that's j- going to happen jackass. again when you're
0: 60 though. You're going to think back to your forties. Maybe. And, I, don't,
1: uh, I don't know if it will be as, I think when you're a teenage boy, especially, I yeah. think it's pretty, you, yeah. you know, you, uh, and uh, yeah, this movie, this movie, I was, I said, I, I don't have ever been more disappointed in a rewatch. I was really mm. taken aback by how much I thought I'd like this movie when I sat down and how, I don't say disturbing as to go over dramatic, but how wrong this movie felt. Yeah. Now, uh, th- this movie is really, really bad and it's really, really, um, I don't say problematic, but it's really, I really, uh, I don't know, cringy. Yeah, with with the stuff, and it was like, ah, uh, and a lot of this, I hate. I'm gonna throw the sci fi thing on the bus here a little yep. bit. A lot of the sci fi stuff, a lot of these guys, like these younger. I feel there's a lot of weirdness with that. And me and you were both teenagers when this came out. But like, if you were like a 40 year old guy, you're into this
0: movie back then. That's weird. Yeah, Mike you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so it, had I looked at it through the prism of knowing his relationships, um, like knowing what he's looking for and and like he's not it he doesn't seem to be into women he seems to be into kids kids like, that knowing that filters if i knew that going and watching this Watching this again, that would have definitely changed things. And me, that's what it really
1: I felt like with the Bruce Willis. But it I really felt like he was have, a kid.
0: But I have to be honest. At the time when I was watching it yesterday, I didn't have that perspective. And I'm so, surprised you
1: didn't. That didn't. I just treat, didn't. You
0: more. Yeah. I didn't look at. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look into Basan until. No, today. no, no. But I'm surprised the, the relationship didn't trouble you more. I guess. Honestly. I guess to me, like I just accepted the idea that we've seen that before, where you have. Um, I can't. You know, there are other movies where you, yes, you where are, they have right. that idea where yeah. something you know, like a, a newborn like turns into an adult within the, a very short span. I'm time or, or like yeah. Superman they did uh, did he grow did Superman Superman in, matured in the in, yeah but as a normal yes. in the even in the original 78 version yeah I can't pa, remember okay. mom I figure that, that ha- I thought that it happened faster no, but there, I, are, but there movies, are other ones there are
1: movies where something crashes down to earth yeah or someone you know is um, almost like a like an empty vessel yep and then people fall over the empty vessel and I always whenever I watch those things I'm always like that's really fucking troubling because that's what you want that's what someone wants in a mate is an empty vessel, and if that's the case, then that's someone I think he would be more.
0: But I don't think Bruce Willis wanted that. I don't think that. Ca- well, it's hard to say that now because of knowing Basson, knowing. Like... I felt it like she was empty. She was she was a child. This movie's really. Disturbing. I tend to not go into things like this with that much cynicism. Like I, I, I don't. I didn't want... go into it with it. It, came, it hit me in the, in the face. Of the yeah, I band. guess I don't. I don't like. I'm sort of more. Yeah, I don't. I don't think of Watch it Watch like your sci-fi
1: that. stuff more with that look. I bet you, you you're going to hate all your sci-fi stuff. I doubt it. I it's no, some sci-fi. No, I, I enjoy sci-fi. Yeah. I, I, but I no, there, there uh, is an underlying current kind of weirdness with with the sci-fi. Yeah. Stuff. Sci-fi
0: is hope. I look at sci-fi for hope. Like technology saves us. We move on to I mean they're not not all sci-fi sci-fi films say sure. that. They say the opposite a lot. Well, of you see so like Blade Runner, killed. that's a very dark movie. It is very yeah. dark, but also, but also like you know, beautiful in many ways. So Very inter-
1: well, I would say much more interesting. To than way this I'm more. not a Blade Runner fan, by the way, but oh, yeah. I can really respect the creativity oh, yeah. and a lot of the stuff they're doing yeah, much yeah, more yeah. than this. The,
0: the, the, no, Blade Runner, yeah. one of my favorite but it's, films is not a it. darker future. than yeah, the, right. And, and that, this future was kind of dark. I it was guess, because you're seeing like people in little, like in, and you know, man, and,
1: uh, this is, right. Did he get the future wrong? He made, there's so many things. Yeah. People still have phones.
0: I know, but well, that, like, that cell, happens cell the time. Cell phones
1: existed. And he didn't think that that would be like, he really missed the boat in a lot of stuff. Really, really really bad job here. Yeah. Yeah. Not good movie. I don't know not my bottom five, I don't know, but it this, this stinks. Yeah. Give it me. I'm, I'm done with it. Done You're with it. With it. We're done with it? Oh, we done? Done? Actually, oh, good news. So we have a sponsor this week. Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, it's Sword and Scale Podcast, um, which is really cool because I enjoy the sword and scale podcast before they came aboard right like i ran i ran upstairs i told laura like, we got a sponsor this week for from something that we both like and laura was super excited because she loves the sword and scale podcast
0: um so you finally made it in her eyes Yeah, uh, probably
1: not okay um uh, but uh, <laughs> she's excited about this at least <laughs> so uh, sword and scale is the longest standing true crime podcast it combines like 9 one audio interrogation audio so like audio like that so like it what it does is it kind of I it kind of brings it to life. Like, yeah, you hear the terror in the voices. Like it's, it's it makes the uh, it makes it chilling. than someone just telling a thirty minute story, you hear like the the reality. Right, ha- it, it It's 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 pretty. It's pretty. It can get emotional. Yeah. Um. It practically invented the podcast genre back in twenty fourteen. Um. You know, years before other true crime podcasts became popular. Uh. Their host is Mike Boudet. He he does a great job. He really narrates. Uh. Every episode. Like with an expert level, he's really good. He knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this forever. Uh, It's really worth a listen. Sword and Scale is available bi weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tune in wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe today, leave them a review. That's Sword and Scale, also available on swordandscale.com. Subscribe today and give it a listen. Sword and Scale proving the worst monsters are real.
0: And now, OK, computer. So, when we... <laughs> oh, thought you're going to have a big intro. I was all excited. Like, yeah. this is, no, no, I, it's, this, is a, this, this is kind of hard for me to talk about because it's so expansive. Like, I could, we could do a podcast on OK Computer, and we could do it for the next 10 years, at like, once a week episode, and I could, I could talk about this forever. I know, there was no big intro, but it's, it's because I don't know where to fucking start. Let's just start with I don't want to get into Like the backstory I don't want to talk too much About Radiohead Good. I, We can talk a little bit about, about the computer But I really do want to focus On Subterranean Homesick Alien And the reason why I want to do that Is because it's Like there's I could talk I could talk hours and hours About that one song And so I feel like If we just If we do it all We'll be here forever And I know you have Football to watch It's so. true
1: We are TV On a Sunday
0: morning But Subterranean Homesick Alien The thing that I like most about Radiohead is they're greater than the sum of their parts. None of them are um, amazing at their instruments. But but all of them are like individually extremely innovative with their instruments. And together, they put that to use. Um, this album, OK Computer, is the most innovative album I've ever heard. It's crazy. Um, so it's Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, Colin Greenwood, Philip Selway. So the two Greenwood brothers... Um, playing guitar. Ed O'Brien is the bass player. Philip is the, is the drummer. And of course we know Tom York. I mean, everybody probably knows that name at this point. Trey
1: Greenwood too, is a big name in film. He, he scores is, a lot of stuff. He does a lot of, um, there we blah, of Thomas Anderson, right. A Paul Thomas Anderson, movies, excuse me. And um, he does a great
0: job at that. He's an awesome really composer and he's a really good guitar player, but like facility, he, I sort of, he's sort of, um he's sort of like Jimi Hendrix in a way. Like Hendrix isn't the most, he doesn't have the most facility on his instrument, but he absolutely changed the way that people play guitar because he was just doing stuff that no one else was doing at the time. And I feel the same way about Greenwood, the tones that he chooses, the, the textures that he does, even when he, when he does, when he takes a solo, it's unlike anybody else. Like no one plays it like him. It's so different. Same thing with his compositions. If you like, there will be, there will be blood. Um, you listen to that soundtrack or the, the score and you're like all these like crazy arpeggio things that are happening. All this like weird interesting stuff he's just got a like a beautiful brain for that but okay computer uh peaked at number 21 on the hot 200 um it has no <laughs> no hits no. <laughs> at all he had a, they had a couple uh songs off the off the album that that did chart but not on like the top, not on the hot 100 i say
1: karma police is the one that you I, heard the most yeah, during the time
0: maybe electioneering uh too but yeah not a, there weren't weren't a lot on the radio um, but yet it still sold 7 million this copies. Isn't, and this is
1: why, so Matt and I talk about it, so, oh, okay, just for, I love this album too. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. right. It's one of my top yeah. 50, 30 albums. And there are certain albums that I love so much that I don't, I almost like the songs. It's hard to even determine which song is which. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, they, which might. track. Yeah. Like, Cause I don't listen to it like that. Yeah. When I put on okay computer, oh, I'm like. in it for the long haul. Yep. And that's how this album was made. It was yep. made for the attention to listen to. And, and many albums are, it's not, it's not about singles here. Right. Like this album flows. I always say this about this album. There's no better album to listen to during, when you're driving in a snowstorm. Nope. This is the ultimate driving in a snowstorm album. And, there are other things with this album that is just, I just, it's, it sounds beautiful. Yep. The songs all, uh, continue into another. So Matt's like, I really want to focus this one track. I'm like, this is kind of I hard know, to do I know, because know. that's not what this album is to me. And, um, I love this album a great deal. I know Matt, you love it more love it. than I do, but, um, I think this album is very good. And if you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it.
0: Yeah. Album was nominated for album of the year, which is that's that's actually pretty good that that happened. Yeah, I mean, I lost
1: for, for for more. Not usually that's a more popular right. stuff gets nominated. So
0: so and before this, right? So you, this is their third album. So they had that Pablo Honey was number one. Creep was probably their biggest hit. I think. Yes, I would agree. Was um uh, Creep that song? Yep. And if you listen to them as a band during that Pablo Honey, like I'm okay with that album. It's not like it's not bad. There's some cool stuff. It's really good. Creep has just been overplayed, but it's still kind of cool. You get the junk junk. Is that's that's yeah. like a, a neat little thing. But if you. Listen to them on Ars- Arsenio Hall at that time. Some of their live tracks. Like, they don't... There's nothing. They do not compare. By the time they get to OK Computer, they are light years better than they were as a band than when Pablo Honey came out. But the Benz then, is a great album, And then The too. Benz is great. Uh, time for cool. my second album. Second favorite. It's a great album. Oh, second,
1: so your first your first eight album is OK Computer?
0: Yeah. Ever. All time. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say that uh, oh, the, the Benz is my second, second favorite. favorite all for Radiohead. Album. But they are all in my top 20. So this... Okay, computers number one all time, but then you have In Rainbows, probably my second fa- safe, second favorite, uh, Radiohead with uh, with the Benz. and those are all three of them are in my top twenty, maybe even I don't know. Sometimes they hit my top ten. Like sure. I love those albums. Yeah, Radiohead of this time, and then you go into Kid A, which is just also phenomenal to me. I love that, but it it sort of changed everything. But um, but it's cool that they were nominated. They lost to. Paula Cole, uh, no, no, sorry. To a Bob Dylan album. Oh, don't uh, say Paula just, Cole. No, Bob <laughs> Cole was also nominated. So it was baby It's like stupid. Yeah, I know. Stupid. They should have won. It's the reason why this album is so amazing is because it is incredibly dense. There is so much happening on every single one of the songs. So, like, many nuanced details, sonically big verbs, a lot of effects, huge instrumentation, multiple guitars, all these layered vocals. It's so dense but it all makes sense together.
1: I agree. It's another reason, too, you never get bored. So I've been listening to this album pretty, pretty... Not really, but pretty regularly since it came out. For 20 years, yeah. 25 yeah. years almost now. Right. I, I'm not bored of it. I, because
0: because I think exactly what you said, there's just so much to it. I can listen to this album. Like, if I had just this album on a desert island for the rest of my life, I would be fine. I could listen to this album over and over on repeat for the it. Rest do, of my it life. doesn't
1: get boring. There's no. a lot to it. And I just... This, this album... It makes me feel very, uh, I don't want to say peaceful, but it relaxes me. That's interesting. In, in a way, uh, but yet it doesn't bore me. It's not like sleepy time music,
0: but it, it's, it's almost like a different level there. So to me, like, so music is about how it makes you feel. And I think, you know, I always like to analyze the technical aspects of music because it, it tells me why it makes me feel a certain way. Okay. You know, like, oh, they're doing this so that it evokes this thing. Uh, so that's part of the communication process. For me but um but th- like so okay computer is like the bible for melancholy and uh but also like vastness and um isolation even but yet it's a conversation because they wrote this to evoke that in me so there's connection there between the arts between them and between me but yet is this is like weird dichotomy? They're explaining isolation and melancholy to me. They're making me feel those things, but yet I'm connected to them while that's happening. It's this strange. It, it, it's almost opposing feelings I get. It's so complicated. the the feelings that I get are so complicated because the music is so complicated. Um. So here's like. Do I want to do that next? So sub, subterranean home. Let's let's do that. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. Sure. So. The I'm gonna very play good it.
1: song, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I know you love it, but I, I think it's very good as well.
0: There, the re, one of the reasons why, so uh, the complexity of it. So there, the, there's so much, I talk about this a lot. I love when musicians are very, they're, they love their music so much that they will put all sorts of nuance and detail into it. And that's what Subterranean Homesick Alien is. is. It's like I see as nuance after, like layered upon nuance upon nuance. So let's just talk about. I'm going to I'll play a little bit of the first verse. The breath of the morning, I keep forgetting. I smell of the warm summer air. I live in a town
1: where you can't smell a thing. You watch your feet. So you
0: hear, like, all that atmosphere. Okay, it's just so this really lush, yeah. lush atmosphere, right? And as Tom York's singing about, he's, like, he's kind of thinking about human life and, like, what it would look like from the outside, from this perspective of, of like, an alien. And as yeah. he's going through his kind of mundane life and, like, his little uh, neuroses, like, I won't, I don't want to step on cracks, right? Like, those, but he's imagining himself getting abducted by these viewers, and like, you know, how, what they're thinking about.
1: Such a great premise for a song. It's beautiful. It's really well done. I'm not a huge fan of Radiohead's lyrics all the time. This, oh, might, be, the this might be their best lyrics in this song. And I
0: love this premise. So let's break down the song a bit. So it be like the, the lushness and the vastness really starts with the Rhodes. Uh, the Rhodes is a, is a piano. Um, it's, a, it's an electronic, it's electric piano instrument made, I think they, by, made by Fender. I think the first ones were, were, were built in the 1960s. I have a Rhodes, I love it. Um it's this like sort of chimey belly. Instead so a piano, when you play a piano, it actually plucks the plucks strings. That's what that sound is. There are, you know, piano, you look inside, it's a bunch of strings, that it plucks or oh, sorry, hammer strings, sorry, hammers of strings. Harpsichord plucks them. Um but instead of strings, the rhodes hammers these uh, metal tines. So it, it 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 produces a you know a very different sound. Strings are a warmer vibrate. You think about like a string vibrating, what that would, would sound like versus a you know, like a piece of metal that's that's hit, right? So you get that? This is what a Rhodes sounds kind of on its own. It Could be jazzy or dark, right? Beautiful, like That's dark nice. sound. Yeah, it's beautiful. So they take this Rhodes. The, what's under underlying this entire song is a Rhodes. He's just playing these chords, just these little pad chords with a huge amount of reverb on it, and it just. It adds this like lush, lush, lush underbelly. So that's where it starts. And then the fucking drums, dude. This kills me. When I, when I, when I figured out what was happening on the drums, it killed me. um, Do I have the uh, drums, music, center? Yeah. Okay. I'll get there a second. So um, music is organized sound. That means pitches in time and space right it's two elements if, if it didn't if you didn't have the time portion of it, it wouldn't be organized, it would just be noise right so uh of everything that music has in it that I like to break down, I like thinking about time and and rhythm the most because it's just I don't, I don't know it's the backbone it's like it's just it just it, we wouldn't have you, you just wouldn't have it wouldn't be music without it you wouldn't have like this organization about it so i I love to dissect the um the the timing of things so with so that what delineates time in music are beats and it's expressed in like how many beats that happen in a minute beats per minute right so um so they're pulses right so you could think of it like a uh, 60 beats in a minute is one beat per second it's like boom 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 and what we do with those beats is we organize them into groups so that we can start to understand where like where emphasis is in the music. So basically all music time breaks down into organization of twos or threes. We've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but it's either boom, 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 or boom, 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 boom. boom. Right. You see that, that, that pattern of two or three and how we delineate that is by where we place our accents. So, uh, you know, an accent of, of two is bum, 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 or three, bum, bum, bum. I haven't changed the underlying pulse. It's all bum, 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 bum. All I've done is organize where I'm placing those accents. Okay. Okay. So it's the difference between grouping two and three. So when you, so what Selway does, the drummer, is he plays groups of two and groups of three at the same fucking time. He layers them on, on top of each other. It's fucking crazy. I'm going to play first I'm going to play for you what it what they would that would sound next to each other. Um and then I'm going to play what it sounds like on top of each other. So where is Okay, so do you know uh, do you know uh, West Side Story? Yeah, of course. West Side Story, Leonard Bernstein, one of my favorite absolute favorite American composers. He is phenomenal. He did the song called America. I want sure. To, this is it. <laughs> 123 one two three. One two three. One 2 One two. One two. One two three. One two three. One two. Three. One two. One two. One, three. He's doing groups. It's the same pulse. All he's doing that same underlying pulse and grouping threes and then grouping twos. And Selway does the same motherfucking thing right on top of itself. So the hat is the two. Two. One. 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 the hat is the two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and the kick and the snare combined are the three. So he's playing the kick and the snare in that groups of three and the fucking hat in groups of two over it. It's, it's fucking brilliant. I, I can't like it, that I saw when I, when I realized that I like my, I almost, I was like, okay, I can die now. Like, I don't need, I don't need to know anything else about anything. He is, fucking brilliant. So you got, those are the two kind of underpinnings of the song. Then You've got the guitar Um So well, I played the intro before But I just want you to Listen to it again This time With Uh Like with the With the fucking guitar in mind Where's the sub intro oh, There it is This is all guitar Spooky Huge verb And then you hear these little plicks. All those atmospheric, like do doo-doo-doo-doo, do 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 It's like all bubbly and like kind of belly and sharp with these huge verbs. Like all those, those are all manufactured tones by, by Greenwood, by the Greenwoods. They're like, oh, we, you know, we we need this to sound brittle and belly and have some delay. Like these, this is just like conceptualized and taken, you know, from. From their fucking creativity and put into the song. It's, it's fucking amazing. Well, it's great too. for the song, too, because it sounds like stars. It sounds like stars. You know, and you're trying
1: to do this idea that this guy's looking up in theory, maybe out looking up at stars and wondering, hey, I just, what if I, what if I got abducted by an alien? What would my friend say? What would, what would it be like? What would I see? How would the world look? And you do kind of, you, when, it's cool, the song, because especially what you just played, is you kind of see the sky the way he does you do but you're not seeing or they're not they're not describing anything Yeah. you know they they but they're not describing this guy but you kind of imagine this guy yeah. you know uh,
0: and it's really a masterwork by them i mean this, this is a brilliant album this is quite good and then the bass so um, first of all uh o'brien Ed o'brien is one of my favorite bass players if you listen to him play on airbag um, oh which let, is one of my favorite songs this oh, album. It's, it's beautiful like he he's, Top three songs on this album it's like boop boop woo boop, doo 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 doo, doo. And he's got like all this space between his little bass lines they're, they're phenomenal um, in this song he does something he does the perfect thing he lays out all he's doing is laying out on these like on this one tone on these G for a while boom that's it he's just holding on it until the chorus where he jumps into that that two verse three pattern that the drummer was doing um, you'll hear it right here he's just holding bass Ooh. boom and he's gonna do it one more time. Boom. Boom. Boo. And now he follows the drum. He's gonna follow it into the three-pattern. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Right? Fucking brilliant. Just it's a great, great sound, for sure. Kills me. Um And then Tom. I mean. Tom is never, like, he's not, he's never going to be the best. He's not Freddie Mercury. Yeah, this is the weakling for me on this on this band. It, it He'll never be the, re- like, he is so innovative. Listen to this. This is, so this is from Let Down. Tom York, he he has, he's brilliant. Well, you don't like his lyrics. Like, I think he's a brilliant lyricist. I shouldn't say, no, 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 no. I, I it, that's, no, no, I, I like
1: his lyrics. I I just... Yeah, this is this band. We're, we're talking about these guys. We're, <laughs> oh, I see, we're, I it's like a Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah. So, you know, what's, you know, what was, you know, Joe DiMaggio's weakest element? You I know, so I, I'm being probably harshly critical here.
0: But he also he writes amazing melodies, like super innovative melodies and does these awesome counterpart things like listen to this part in Let Down. What you'll hear is on the right hand side. Uh, that, that's the other thing is mix this album. They mixed it so crazy. First of all, I recorded in a castle. Jane Seymour's fucking castle. That's so cool. Which yes. is really cool. Um, but the way they mix it, uh, Nigel Godrich, their producer and engineer, he's, he's like the, you know, he's like the sixth member, right? He's, he's, he's great with this stuff too. Um, mixing this, but the mix is so awesome. Um, they just do these cool innovative things. So when let down, um, you have Tom York singing, um, singing the melody on the right hand side of the mix. You'll hear it in your right headphones. If you're listening in headphones. And then he ends up on this long note that he starts singing, holds this long note. And the, and the main melody picks over again from Tom York but this time on the left side while the right side is holding these long notes it's it's phenomenal listen, listen to this this counterpart he's on the right then he'll hold it left side Here, hold it. Harmonies. Yes. That's, like, that's in the band, right? No, this is Let Down. This is from Computer. Yeah, It's just lush, beautiful counterpoint. that's a good song. We're, oh, Let Down is So I've
1: been listening to this album like non-stop the last three days. I, the beginning of this song? Oh, yeah, is it is. Okay, I assume. Let Down, yeah. the beginning of that yep. song
0: is this guitar pattern. It's boo da doo da doo da doo da doo da doo It's a five pattern. It's just, it's this five pattern over the drums, which are in four. It's They just do... All these crazy, atmospheric, remarkable things all over this album. And I've met, oh, I wanted to mention to, we can kind of move on from, from this song, but like I, I wanted to show one more thing they did in this album, because I've mentioned it before, and that is um, in um, climbing up the walls. This is another thing. So uh, I said, we talk a lot, I've, I've talked a lot about the major third versus the minor third. So the third in a chord is what defines whether it's major or minor. And, and the third in the chord, if it changes just by a half step in either direction, it totally changes the way this thing fucking sounds. Uh, it's the smallest like micro-adjustment that you can make, but it makes a huge impact on how it sounds. And so when you are playing something... So when you want to create the most dissonance, like the most like glaring gnashing sound we talked about on this on the weezer album where he's playing the minor third and the major third in the same like chord mm-hmm. picking pattern yep. and if they didn't do it it would just be this one four five like kind of boring song but that just kind of made the whole thing same thing happens here in um in climbing up the walls they it's this minor it's a song in minor and it's creepy but wait what they do to make it the most creepy thing you could possibly do is play that major third way 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 high up there and it sounds so fucking creepy listen Here it is. Hear that sound, bada! Come again. Ba-da. way, way, way up there. That—that's the major third over this minor song. It's so fucking creepy and weird because yeah, it it's scary. Yeah, and that's—that's that's just what they do. There's all these like little tiny little details. No, these are. I mean, Radiohead is are people that really care
1: about the their music they really care about what they're putting out there they, yeah you can you can just hear the the uh the work and the effort and the the i keep saying care but just they, they so many times you, you when we've covered so many songs in this show that people just put shit out of the drum yeah. machine throw it out there right. it's, just, it's like it's just it's just slot, slapped together you can tell like every single note every single like mastering all these instruments all of these way they're carrying your they're playing the instruments. Yeah. There's so much like love and devotion and, uh, expert level. Once again, care. That's right. That's put into these songs. Um, and it's so lush. And because of that, you know, you're not like, what was it? The soul patrol guy. You're <laughs> right. so like, all right, I right. get it. You know? Right. you know, I've been listening to this album. matt has been listening to this album for 20 plus years. Now I, I listened to this album, you know, the last three days, basically nonstop, you know, whenever I had music to play. And, um, I'm like, oh, I'm not sick of this at all. And I I, I, you know, I listened to this album a few months ago, too. I, 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 I listened to this album a lot, and yeah. I, I'm never bored. I no.
0: Because um, it's at every level, too. It's at the writing level. It's at the performance level. It's at the recording level. It's at the mixing. It's every single level. They put such care, exactly, into it that it, it's just this, they, they, it just, it mattered so much to them. you're Right. And because of that, it
1: stands the test of time totally. for Matt and I. Like, we you know, we listen to this album pretty regularly. Matt yeah. probably listen to it a lot more than I do, but I listen to it. Pr- uh, this is one of those albums that I've, I, I, it's in, been in my regular rotation for 23 years. There aren't too many, like License no. to Ill, a couple of other Beastie Boys, this. Yeah. Not too much else has lasted this long, especially from that era where I did, I loved alternative music so much in the 90s. And I I still have a, a probably a nostalgia spot for it. But not too much, I was, Like, I don't, I don't throw on, like, Stone Temple Pilots. Nah. I, Pearl, Jam, actually, Pearl yeah. Jam, I do. Because I love, I know you don't, but I love Pearl yeah. Jam. Uh, a couple of other ones I do. But other than that, there's not too not much that
0: carries like this one does. No, it was too sign of the time. This actually killed Brit Pop, too. Because if you think about like what was going like, on. You're
1: talking about like Oasis and, yeah, uh, this, and Blur and stuff. It,
0: it's like they, they, cause they, uh, Radiohead had that sound and Pablo, you know, Pablo Honey in that first album is very, very similar to yes, other bands is. were around. I mean, it was more intricate and developed and they were smarter about it, but in more innovation, but, but still kind of the same. And then, you know, by, by okay computer, it's like, Oh, there's nothing left to be said about this sound. It's done, which is why Radiohead goes into a hundred, like, 180 degree fucking difference in Kid A in the next album after yeah, that. Yeah, and they kind of lose me. Uh, you're, not, you're not into it. Uh, I, Kid A is really okay. It's yeah. all right.
1: Um, so I really go with the Benz. Benz is great. Um, Benz and this are my two favorite yeah. by far. Um, and then Kid A is okay to me. I know. Amnesiac
0: after that I don't like as much, but Kid and A I really love. And after that, they love. just get
1: into the beeps. The boop, 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 boop. It's always like computer. It sounds like robots. And it's just like, all right, you guys. Well, it, it, so They got two in, into <laughs> some of the stuff that they yeah. did well here as nuanced. Yep. And then they became all about that, and it's just go all right.
0: Well, so Kid A is the dichotomy to, um, to OK Computer because it is extremely sparse. Like there is, n- it is so like there aren't a lot of instrumentations. It's, there's not a lot in, in instrumentation. It's very, very, very light. A lot of roads, like uh, um, the instrument that I yes. showed you earlier, and drum machines and things, and his voice. Um and to me, like if that were the moment in time and then it didn't go into amnesiac after that, I would have been like, okay, this is like the perfect kind of one off for them. Yeah. But right. it sort of carried through, which was a little bit eh, and then hail to the thief. I didn't really like, no. but then they came back with in rain rainbows in 20- 27 to which is a phenomenal, album. I'll do that every listen You should. It's a phenomenal. Yeah. Album. I,
1: I, I, probably, I honestly it didn't give it a huge album to then, computer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause by then I had kind of been burnt out by them with, I get the, with
0: the beeps and the boops.
1: And I was like, ah, uh, I don't know. Okay, so, Anytime someone's talking about their favorite album, we have to get into. Um, I just had it. What are, What are your favorite songs, or, what, or I'm sorry, what are your least favorite songs? Like, what, what parts do you skip, or is there anything you skip? Is there anything you don't I don't like? really
0: care about fitter, fitter,
1: happier, uh, but that's it. Yeah, I, mean, I, to, I hate that song. Or I'm song, fine with it, whatever it is. It's so annoying. It just,
0: yeah, there's no real need. Like, I don't need a. I'm not a big avant garde music type of person. I like jazz, but you get to a certain point where it's like it's just noise. This is a similar situation where it's the soundscape. It doesn't really have. It's not organized sound in a way that I find pleasing, so there's no need for me to really listen to it. That's that's the only thing. Everything else, I'm fine. I'm. A, I mean, I've listened. I've heard Karma Police. Like, okay, so this yeah. actually gets to the, wait, 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 I have a story about this, okay. but uh, but maybe other. I had more other questions? Of
1: I was going to shit on, but oh, go ahead. Yeah, go. Ahead. Uh, so yeah, so um, Peter Happier is so is one of the worst songs on a great album. It's happy It doesn't work. have to be there. You have like bugs from Vitology, from yeah. Beast, from uh, Pearl Jam. It's just like, it's just obnoxious. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, this isn't even bad. It's like terrible. What are you doing? Um, I really don't like the Taurus on this album, which is oh the last my song. Oh, God.
0: It's beautiful. It, but
1: I, I shouldn't say I really don't like it. I Comparatively to the rest of the album, it just doesn't do it for me. But it's easy enough where, because I had this originally on a tape. Oh, you did? So I had it in my car. I mean, and it went from tape to CD yeah. to, and now streaming, I guess one of those ones I've, I've had in every medium. But yeah, so I know like, I would just shut it off. I shut the tape off after really? track 11, oh, I I just, a track. It's just boring to me. Just, eh. um, the song I like the most on this album, though, uh, is No Surprises. I mean, it's beautiful.
0: It's incredible. It's such an awesome song. Yeah. I mean, I, that would be... It's hard for me to pick a favorite. I it mean, is, this, this might be Subterranean Homesick Alien. might be, but it also could be No Surprises. So beautiful. That's the thing. And
1: like, you know, you mentioned uh, let, down, and uh, let Down. And I'm like, <sighs> oh, is that on Ben's? Because... Um, I I agree. So I have like, I have like a a mix of Radiohead songs Uh, and I have like, I have that with, but like, but I, in that mix, uh, there's 12 songs in this album. Yeah. 10 of them made the mix. Like, yeah, there's 10 songs I genuinely like a lot slash love on this album. And like, but they all kind of mix together. I have them all in even the same
0: chunk. Exit music for a film. Oh, so I mean, good. It kills me. Like it's even, just, the way
1: this, even the way this album starts.
0: I know. It's, back.
1: It's, just, it's just right out. Right with out. the
0: guitar riff. I, we talked about this before, but it's a guitar riff that's layered with the with the cello. It's it's those two things playing the boo-doo, doo doo is, is guitar and cello, like layered. It's beautiful. This is great winter music. Yeah, it um,
1: is. Vampire Weekend, I think is great fall music. I love Vampire Weekend. I think they're really good when in the fall. I always have Vampire Weekend all the time, but the fall, I think yeah. is like Vampire Weekend winter with snow, like January, February is great. Okay. Computer music. And yeah, hasn't been one of the last 23 years. I haven't listened to it, but you said your story
0: about, um, yeah. So what happened? So I first heard, okay, I hated this album when it came out. Oh really? Did you not know that? No. Why? This is like, <sighs> So I first heard it on my trip to New York. Uh, This is the one where I went to SNL. I was visiting my buddy, um, Ben, who was interning at SNL and he was at NYU film school. My buddy um, Pucci and I went out there to visit him. What year is this? This is 97. Okay. 97. But I didn't really know. I didn't know this album when it came out. This wasn't my style of music necessarily. So I wasn't really. So I was, yeah, I was like right, you know, September, October, I think of, of 97. So I go to New York and um, we had, it was, we had an insane time. I was, I've said this before. I was on mushrooms and we went to SNL and then we went to the after party, which is at this bar. I can't remember where, what the bar was. And my buddy and I, Ben was like doing stuff cause he was an intern. So it's just my buddy and I in this bar and I didn't recognize anybody. It's probably a lot of the crew more than the cast, I would guess. Cause I would have recognized some people. Um, but then I was, you know, I was drinking at this bar. I'm 19. I'm drinking at this bar. I'm smoking a fucking cigar and both of us like start to not feel very well. And he goes outside and like peeks all over the fucking street. But this is like two in the morning or three in the morning at this point. But we, Ben, lived this crazy life in New York City where he's full full fucking uh, schedule at NYU plus working a job plus doing this internship. He did not sleep Monday through Saturday. He would party all night after after the show on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then he would sleep all day Sunday and fucking get up and do it again. Yeah. So this guy, he was a monster at this time. And I I couldn't hang with that, so you know I got my buddy Andrew puking on on the side of the road. So we take a cab uh, back to to Ben's place, and Ben's place is ridiculous. It was a one bedroom. You can't you hardly even call it that. His when we stayed there, the two Bucci and I stayed on this like kind of pull out couch. Yeah, of course, uh, New York man. Yeah, he Ben's in in the bedroom. His roommate is yeah. sleeping in the closet. Yeah, uh, and there's you know a tiny kitchen. This thing was probably two hundred square feet. Yeah. Um, so we go back to his place and it's, it's early in the morning, three in the morning. We get into his plate. We fall asleep. Ben gets back sometime after dawn and apparently like he's ringing the doorbell. <laughs> we, we didn't hear him, whatever, but fi- we both didn't feel, but I finally got up, and let him back in. But Ben likes to, uh, sleep to loud music. So that entire weekend, this was his choice was okay. Computer on repeat all night long. Oh my God. I was like, yes. It's
1: very strange. And I've got like,
0: I'm hung over. I've got a migraine from the alcohol and shrooms and fucking, um, and, uh, and, and cigar. And I'm, yeah. And I'm like, fucking, this is this is my migraine music. It's pounding. And that happens. I used to get migraines a lot more. Um, and what happens to me when I get a migraine, terrible headache, of course, and upset stomach, I would have beats in my head. Like my, my head goes to creating music when I have migraines and it's like techno music. And it's unbearable. But this, so this is kind of like my migraine music, right? Mm-hmm. I have that association. So I, so I hated it. But then back in the dorm afterwards, uh, you know, after this trip, I'm back in the dorm and it's my sophomore year in college. So I have a single in that art storm that we're talking about. Across the hall from me, turn, the guy who becomes a really good friend later on, my buddy Paul and his roommate, they have a double, play this album all the time. And I'm like, about it but I don't, you know, whatever. It's just it's happening in the background. But then over time, I start realizing that I, um, I like, like the song. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. This, yep. this is kind of a cool. It's got like a good feel. And cowbell who uses cowbell anymore. So that's electioneering, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's kind of that's kind of a cool song. That it, that's the one that opened the fucking door, yeah, it opened yeah. a little crack into my yep. heart, my cold black heart. So you weren't into the Benz or anything before that? No, it okay. wasn't until after OK Computer. Then I went back and started, and was like, well, okay, well, what else did they do? And I was like, oh, I knew them because of Creep, but I didn't like right. that. I didn't really like no, that. It's song. a different sound. But but I but I do. I Creep is good. Creep is, I, Creep I is like good. I like it a lot. I yeah. Mean, so,
1: to, okay. So what
0: you? I know your I know, existence I, is so weird. It's to you, very like, weird.
1: So like. You, what were you listening to? Like we listen to BC? Because I was in the BCN all yep, the time. I, uh,
0: mm, not as much. Wait, what is this? 1997? So like high school no, and college. No, 70s Re- rock. listening to? 70s rock. So you weren't? I was like, like I, went back, I went back in time because I was pop into like halfway through high school okay. and then I started under, and like folk music that my mom liked. But then I started hearing... It's like southern rock, or, or like you know Led like Zeppelin, so. yeah, all that stuff. Almond Brothers, that was starting to, and I was like, oh wait, this is cool, complex music sure. with people who can actually play. But their you instruments. weren't
1: listening, like when you're in the car, like you're just in the car going for a ride. I, classic you rock. Oh, so you weren't? Yeah, like yeah. See, I was listening to BCN during this whole time. and yeah, wasn't You really. had this stuff from the Bends, and then you you obviously had Creep before that, but you but the the, the song that turned me on to this album was Karma Police. Yeah, that got a lot of airplay. That was second for me. So I'm like, I kind of like this song. I'm gonna buy this tape. So I went and bought the tape yep. and I ended up liking all the songs. Cause current police is not one of the songs I love on the album and as much. Yeah. And I ended up liking the other songs on the album more and how often it a
0: gift that's yeah, exactly I, I
1: Bought it for that one song. I ended up liking the other songs more. So, uh, and that's how I really fell in love with this, with, with this was, but I got it because of the radio. So I'm shocked. You didn't hear these songs. Yeah. I just,
0: right. It was, it was, it was classic rock I was listening to. Um, and was this the shift? So then when you were in college and you heard your, right, I didn't understand this music. I didn't get it. That's why. Um, So it just, it was like, so that happens to me a lot where something, something I don't understand. And it like, it's, it's foreign enough to me that I just, it doesn't organize well in my brain. And I like instantly dislike it. like, I'm just kind of turned off from it. But then, you know, my brain takes over and I start to like, think about it and I'm like, wait a minute. And noticing things like, oh wait, that's pretty interesting. Or that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's what, so it was electioneering and then Karma Police. And I was like, oh wait, Karma Police is a beautiful song. And then I learned it. Like I learned how to play it. I learned to play like most of these songs. Um, And then it was off to the races. And I was like, because I started, I started acknowledging the nuances of those two songs. I was like, well, I wonder if there's any more. Right. And then it just, it infected me. And and I've been, and it changed me. So this is, you know, this is end of, um, this is end of grunge for me too. That's the other part. So like I was, which is By, totally different. Back underground Grunge everybody, I think this, yeah. is, this is kind of the, the, the end. Right. Yeah. So this is after like Pearl Jam. I kind of got lost on oh, the, right. this time. Yeah. And then I was like, kind of sort of done. And uh, so it was like, it's totally different sound. Um, but then, and so then, and then I went backwards and I was like, I can't remember which one, it, where I went first was probably the bends. Probably someone said to me, Oh, well, if you like, okay, well, you might really yeah. like right the bends. And I did. And then I went back to Pablo honey and, Rest history. I mean, Kid A comes out a couple years later, and Kid a, right, I think it was '99. actually Yeah, because I played um, it, was, it was
1: in my college rotation. Like I listened yeah. to Kid A a lot when I was in college. I was 2000, so
0: I, um, right. I remember when it went lo- that night. I watched. uh There was a broadcast. Okay, of, of like a room, and they, someone put it on the record. I think yeah, that's what Radiohead did. I and so I watched it. And I was like, I didn't get it at first. I was like, I wanted OK Computer Part yeah, Two. I know, and it was 100 percent different. So it took a little while for me to again. But that's such a gift too that they like they were able to be innovative in so many ways that that like are lasting. They're really lasting. You know, it just takes a little while to get used to it. But the, the thing that strikes me most, particularly with uh, so the difference between the Benz and OK Computer the Benz is definitely poppier. It's more rocky. Yes, right? It has um, like songs that are more defined. Totally. Then th- this is more of an album. This so but to me, OK Computer is the furthest you can get in pop music and still be pop music. And it is like, it's still a pleasure to listen to them as pop songs that evoke music that are still extremely complex. Kind of like sort of the edge, edge of that. Um, yeah, I, I think agree, it does it so that. well. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's my relationship with, uh, okay. Computer Radiohead.
1: And, there you go. So is that, is that your personal story? Yeah, that's that? what I want to talk. It's cool. sort of how I, I think it. that's great. I think, uh if you if you've never listened to radio if you're a younger listener maybe you haven't really checked out okay computer or if you're older you haven't listened to it in a while throw it back on i i i don't think you know obviously i don't love it as much as matt does but i really think this is a great album it it hasn't lost any of its just intricate intricities and and just fun no, it's just it it's just it's just an enjoyable listen and it's it's just very rewarding Um, yeah, check it out,
0: you know, yeah. And the pivot points of music for me, like, I remember some of my earliest memories are of me singing songs, but that was like, you know, it was, it was fucking Christopher Cross and REO Speedwagon as like a three-year-old. Um, then, you know, the first main shift was, was, uh, was grunge with, uh, with, um, with Pearl Jam. Jam. And then this was the next, this was the next one. This is like changed music, changed me as a musician. All right. Should we talk about headlines? We have
1: headlines here. Cool. Um, I know you're very excited. Oh, I love headlines. Wait a minute. Guess who's back, baby? It's a Milk Dudley. The Milk Dudley Weather Report. Look at that. He is back. Um, so temp- we're in May of 97. Yeah. Uh, temperatures topped uh, 80 degrees the first time this year in the Eastern Corn Belt. Ninety degrees was felt as far as Harrisburg, Pennsylvania.
0: The eastern core. So is that like that's oh Pennsylvania in, uh I think Ohio that maybe. area? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I guess the interesting thing is the daily record high in Sacramento, one hundred and four. That's pretty hot for that. That is, yeah. Um, the rest. Uh, so there was some terrible downpours in the Gulf Coast. Um, uh, Victoria, Texas had thirty-seven inches of rain. Jesus Christ! It's insane. Um, that was for that's for the at, um, yeah, a lot of rain. And then uh, he has a joke about Austin Powers. Um, people were, America was similarly drenched in bad British accents. And Austin Powers quotes that stopped being funny before the summer was over.
0: Do you think you could say that one again when we get to the Austin Powers uh, episode next? No. Are you sure? I'll, I'll carry that point over. I, cu- I couldn't say that the first time. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, but no,
1: Milk Dudley, the great Milk Dudley coming through the Sacramento 104 degrees. That's the interesting, that's, that's, very that's the takeaway hot. for me. Very hot. Um, we also have, I so I have, I have a headline. I have a box office report. Okay, there wasn't a lot going on. I didn't want to steal all this stuff from you. Um, this is a pretty tepid week. There was some like it's typical like, you know, you do these. It's funny how like I look at the New York Times. I go through the week. Yeah, every week it's like the stock market, abortion. It's like the same. Really, the same things are in the news. Every week, forever, yeah. Like our entire lives. Like there's been a debate about abortion. There's been a debate. Like the stock market's either like way up or way down. Is it the same? I, I just feel like we're living in like a it's like someone's it very gets tiring, cyclical, right? It does. Yeah. It's like oh god, all right. Um, but uh, there is I guess uh, one difference here. Let me pull up the headline here. Uh, all week the Timic, Timothy McVeigh trial was taking place. Oh right. Um, and this was the week that it kind of turned for him really bad because they had one witness that was going to testify that they saw someone with a dark complexion that was there. Yeah. And that was like, that was well Tim McVay's like, well, that's going to be reasonable yeah. doubt. You know, right. he's a white guy. But uh, when she testified, she said she may have also seen a white guy there. And she also testified she had major psychological and memory issues. What? So it was a completely <laughs> <laughs> terrible, like the worst way to she go. Oh, she's literally saying, I, I have trouble remembering things. they
0: the <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel for So
1: not good. So and, she, and I think when they said that the Tim McVay team was kind of stunned, uh, yeah. So, was kind of embarrassed. He <laughs> <laughs> was their witness, so it, was, it didn't go well for them. No. Um, and then we have a box office report. Uh, so this is the week Matt picked. So the number one movie was uh, Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World. Oh right. So because it's a sequel, we we didn't do it. Number two, it was called Addicted to Love. Just came out that week. What? I don't know much about it. We did, we I skipped it because I didn't didn't really.
0: Yeah, yeah I don't. P- I guess I don't remember that one.
1: Number three was Fifth Element. Yep. Now by the way, Lost World made ninety million dollars. 90 million dollars
0: in what time frame you mean total or weekend oh in the weekend yes holy shit dude yes wait what did uh tenant just make like 12 in the, uh, when it came out yeah, no right. i know yeah. but still uh 90 million. 90 million one weeks people were i saw the opening weekend people were joining i probably
1: saw it not great uh so that, that is something people we're talking about jurassic park 2 that weekend um yep well, we, we're not covering because we have to watch jurassic park 1 first before we can cover the sequel that's the rules. Uh, I think over number two. We only made 11 million, so you can see the drop Jesus. off. Jesus. And then The Fifth Element uh, at 8 million. Austin Powers at 5.6. Now, these movies had been out for a right. while.
0: Yeah, well, because Fifth Element did 250 plus or uh, something. Worldwide. It yeah, made worldwide. most of its
1: money overseas. Did it? Um, it seems
0: more of a European. Well, film. It does it, have that. It was,
1: it was made for French audiences yeah. so primarily. Yeah. Uh, it's an English language film, but it was made with that, I guess, uh, in that mind. pacing. Yeah. Right, in that audience in mind. Um, movie called Breakdown is 5.0. Number six is Father's Day. I believe that's a Robin Williams, Billy Crystal movie. Mm. Seven is Liar, Liar, which we've covered on the YouTube show. <laughs> right. Uh, eight is Volcano, which was uh, remember that? Was, oh, that
0: yeah. and Dante's Peak both came out in the same time. But wait, wait, which one was Volcano? Was that with uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Yes. Okay. And the other one was Pierce Peak was and Hamilton, right? I think so. I think the two of them were that. That's funny.
1: Uh, nine is Night Falls on Manhattan, which I believe is a Woody Allen movie. No idea. And number ten, we've also covered in the show Anaconda. Oh, look at that. Um. We've been in 97 before. Yeah, we have. Um, And we'll be back uh, next week with... No, we'll be back on... I'm sorry, we'll be back on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday With Austin Powers. And Mbop. Mbop with Hanson. By Hanson. Not with (laughs) Hanson. Probably both. Uh, And uh, a huge thank you, too, to Sword and Scale for for, uh, sponsoring us this week.
0: Yep. Catch you in the next one.